Thank you for listening to TMA's Practice Well podcast. TMA, helping you improve the health of all Texans. TMA has a long, proud history of promoting patient rights, advocating for physicians, and providing real solutions for your practice. We can accomplish so much when we unite in one voice. Call the TMA Knowledge Center at 1-800-880-7955 or visit TexMed.org to find out how you can join or renew your membership today. Hello, I'm Cheryl Kroviak. I produce the TMA Practice Well podcast and manage the TMA Education Center, where we strive to help physicians and their practice thrive. And thriving right now is a real challenge for a growing number of physicians' practices. Staff shortages in healthcare is not just a problem for hospital systems and large groups. Solo and small practices are struggling as well, and with less resources to compete. In TMA's ongoing efforts to help, Marisol Navarro, one of TMA's resident human resource experts, is going to share her tips for interviewing and hiring staff for your practice. Welcome, Marisol. Tell me a little about yourself. I'm Marisol Navarro, Human Resources Manager with the Texas Medical Association. I've been with the TMA for 12 years and have almost 20 years experience in HR. For the past five years at TMA, I've been focused on recruitment um, and onboarding. Perfect. I'm sure you have many tips that our members can use. Recruiting staff is such a daunting task, and it's one of the more frequent jobs our practice management consultants are hired to do. A problem they often see is it seems our doctors never have enough time. When there is an opening, they have to fill it right away. So they end up hiring the person who's available right now instead of maybe the person who's right for the job. Yes, and that can definitely turn into a big mistake. So as far as an immediate scenario, if you have limited time to hire, you should consider contacting a temp agency to fill urgent positions. The outcome isn't always positive, but it can be a helpful placeholder. Okay, that's a good tip. So you staff from a temp agency while you search for the person that's right for the long term. Another big challenge is it's becoming harder and harder to hire at the same pay rates from before the COVID-19 pandemic. And it's hard to compete with large healthcare systems. How can physicians hire and retain staff when they can't pay that higher salary? Well, intangible benefits can help boost employee retention and can be as effective as monetary perks for employees. Um, Some examples of that would be flexible work schedules, free parking, staff lunches, and simply a note card saying thank you or a simple acknowledgement of saying thank you. Thank you is a really nice thing to say. It makes you feel like they notice you're there and actually appreciate the effort you put in. That goes a long way in my book. And it's free. Yes. Okay, let's talk about advertising for the job now. Everything is online. So where should you post a job opening? 
Um, some preferred sites are Indeed and Glassdoor based on their affordability. Uh, when you move into job sites such as LinkedIn or other job-specific association uh, boards, they can be beneficial, but they can be pricier. It's helpful to recruit from those places, but it definitely can be more expensive. Right. TMA consultants do the same. An ad will be posted for a couple of days in a couple of different job boards like Indeed or whatnot, but with a limited budget of, say, 100 or so. Then if they're not getting qualified candidates, they stop that ad and put it somewhere else. They try to go with the least expensive solution first and then move on to the specialty societies where the ad may need to run longer and uh, maybe has a bigger price tag. That's definitely a great strategy. Um, I would also be sure that your company website is updated, um, a description of your company and its mission, and to also display the benefits. Even if they might not be competitive with the larger healthcare system? Yes, I like to put myself in the applicant's shoes. Um, And I believe applicants appreciate transparency, which allows them to make their own decision to proceed with the application process based on posted benefits. How do you start writing the ad? I've seen many that are extremely detailed. I know what they're saying and what they want, but my eyes just glaze over and it seems I just see the buzzwords. Applicants probably feel the same way. So to keep it readable and hopefully catch the eye of the type of applicant they're looking for, what do you suggest? Um, So I would say refer back to the job description, emphasize the non-negotiable points such as licensure and the culture of the practice, um, such as if it's a super busy practice looking for a multitasker or if it's a quiet environment looking for someone who is focused. Now, what are some ways you keep track of these applications as they're coming in? We used to use Outlook uh, 12 years ago when I started in this role, and that was perfectly capable of handling all the resumes that we would get in for each position um, until it became overwhelmed and inundated with too many Word documents or PDFs. Um, So now we moved over to a new platform, which is an ATS, an applicant tracking system, That might be more appropriate for larger health systems, Um, but for smaller practices, I would say that you can still definitely get away with using Outlook or whatever email system. Um, You can create specifically resumes at whatever.org or however you want to market it, but still review the resumes coming through. So when you say use Outlook, Do you mean you're creating folders in your inbox for like qualified and disqualified applicants? Yes, helpful to kind of categorize them so that you're not overwhelmed by the amounts and then put the ones that you do feel that you would like to consider into the qualified ones and then proceed from there. Okay. And then the next step is to screen the applicants. What kind of information do you include in a screening call? So what I like to do at that point is just kind of reiterate what the job is that they applied for, um, our location, and again, the salary, and whether or not it's full-time or part-time to kind of disclose those hours just to remind them of what it is. And if they want to proceed, then I'd go ahead and schedule the interview. I know there are types of questions and specific information we can't ask. So when preparing interview questions, what type of questions are off-limits? You'll want to prepare your hiring manager or yourself for the do's and don'ts of interviewing. Some of the don'ts include age, arrest record, 
pregnancy, national origin, and citizenship. But don't employers have a responsibility to make sure they're checking criminal history and citizenship? So how do they go about that? So that is done when you contingently offer your, I guess, top candidate the position. So you're going to say, we'd love to offer you the position contingent upon the successful completion of a background check. Hopefully then you have your second runner-up that if for whatever reason your first contender comes back with a bad background check that you have number two to go back on. Okay, so don't ask any of this during the interview process. And then the background check is going to tell us both criminal history as well as legal status to work. That's right. And then again, like I said, you can rescind the job offer if it comes back um, with a arrest record that relates to the job that you wouldn't find suitable. You know, doctors want to know if they can count on staff to be there. So do they have kids who will be out sick? Is there someone at home to help? Is there any way to find out how reliable someone is without breaking the rules? Yes, a great question would be, is there anything that would prevent you from being at work on time as required? But you don't want to ask, do you have reliable transportation to and from work? A lot of the times during the interview, um, some candidates will keep it strictly professional. Some will go straight to the personal aspect. When you ask, tell me a little bit about yourself, and that will help hopefully answer some of the burning questions you have. Right. That's a good open-ended question. What are some questions you like to ask to get an idea of how well they might fit with your team? So one of the questions that you can ask regarding team members is, tell me about a time when you were part of a great team. What was your part in making the team effective? Or you can say, give me an example of a time when you had to deal with a difficult coworker and how did you handle the situation? What questions can you ask that will help weed out those that are looking for any job right now? Some of the questions that I like to ask are, what interests you about the job? That provides me the opportunity to hear exactly how much research the candidate actually did about the job, or if they were just applying just to apply for the job and not really understanding what they were coming into. Um, Another question is, why did you leave your last position? Or why are you seeking to leave your current position? Again, this helps me get a feel of what they're really looking for um, within their career. And what are your long-term career goals is also another, um, I guess, key identifier for me is if in the next five to 10 years, what are you really looking for? Again, if they're applying for a receptionist and they're hoping to climb the ladder within the next five to 10 years, that might be an okay time frame for them to proceed. But if they're looking for something more immediate saying, you know, within the next year, I'd like to become this and you know, it's not available within your practice, then you probably know that that's not a good fit for them. Right. Now, when you found a candidate or two that you like, what's next? Making a job offer? That's right. So um, we'll offer the job to the top contender with the contingency of passing the background check and again, discuss the salary. Negotiations aren't ideal, so stay within the budget. Um, You wanna agree on a start date between you, the candidate and the hiring manager if available and create the job offer letter. And there are several templates available online And then ideally wait until the new hire starts before sending rejection notices, just in case, for whatever reason, you might need to go to your runner-up. Okay. 
The job offer letter includes the position, the start date, what else? Salary, um, and try to keep it as basic as possible. You just want to outline the basics. This is your job, this is what you're being offered, and this is when you're going to start. And then everything else can just be left to the job description. All right. I have one last question, Marisol, and this has become a big problem. Many employers have stopped providing work references. And you know, personal references are not reliable because they're just a friend who's going to say good things. So how can doctors protect themselves when nobody can say anything about why somebody left or why they were fired? It, it again, is just relying upon the background check. And that's about as much information as you're going to get. Um, unless for whatever reason you are lucky and somebody knew somebody that worked there that they're disclosing off record, that's really the only way you're going to find out. That's true. And so the background check really is important. And calling on personal references may be helpful. Marisol, thanks for sharing these interviewing and hiring tips. To our listeners, we hope you found this quick tip episode helpful. We have more on this topic in previous episodes. Just go to www.texmed.org forward slash CME to go or click the link in the episode description. To keep from missing any episodes, remember to like and follow the TMA Practice Well podcast. Until next time, stay well.